if I bear witness to myself, my testimony is not true. There's another who bears witness to me. And I know that the testimony which he bears to me is true. What testimony is Jesus talking about here? He's talking about a dimension of his position in God. The truth that the Father has committed to him is what bears witness of him. Even ourselves as Christians, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, 10 and 11 says, We have conquered the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. What is the words <clears throat> of our testimony? The words of our testimony are the very words of God that we have received in our soul. So ultimately, it is what God says concerning us. What has God said concerning your salvation? What has God said concerning your life on earth? What has God said concerning your body? What has God said concerning everything about you? So God stands with regards to anything that has to do with us is our testimony. And so Jesus is saying that he doesn't take testimony from men. Rather, he takes testimony from God. And he says the testimony that comes from God is the testimony that bears him witness. This is a dimension of our Christian faith that we must understand. Because we have the tendency to always receive applause from human beings. One man to praise us. One man to, you know, um, give us accolades. And we desire it sometimes. But whether we like it or not, any form of uh, testimony that men give about you is not authentic. Because we know that many times they even lie against us. The things they tell us, which we feel good about, are not real. They're not real. And so if we stand on the approval of men and the testimony they give about us, we cannot stand the test of time. And that's why as a Christian, your Christian work perfect every day. Doing eye service does not pay. Because part of why we do eye service so that we can get approval from men. You do things not because you are convinced about it. Not because God desires it. Not because God has, has commanded you to do that. You do it because you want to receive some kind of, you know, uh, testimony from men. Yes, sometimes the testimony of men may mean, to, mean something to us to a certain degree. But it has, doesn't have the totality of reality that it communicates to us. Many have missed the mark in the quest to receive the approval of men. It happens among us in the midst of our friends, in the midst of our colleagues. When you come to a place, you want to, you know, be recognized. You want to be honored. You want to be celebrated. You see? And sometimes, too, we get so attached to even the names we bear. The initials that go with that name. 
and we brandish it, and it becomes like a case when someone is addressing you and refuse to put those words that projects you in a certain manner. You see, when we live and allow ourselves to be controlled by some of these things, it becomes vanity. You are seeking the praise of men. You are seeking the testimony of men. And whether we like it or not, it's rooted in what the Bible calls the pride of life. There's a culture that governs this, this world. That culture is a culture where men do things not because it's a necessity in their lives, but because they want men to praise them. Did the same not say, men may praise me for all my success. But in the eyes of God, I have no value. And so, as we journey with God day by day, especially during this Lent, it's good that we try to chisel out of us those little attachments we may have. How the world has corrupted us. How, even though we're in the world before, and now God has brought us out of Egypt, but still we are still carrying the Egyptian mentality. You saw in the first reading of today, how the folk Israel, as God has brought them out from the land of Egypt, and then they came to a place, God blessed them so much gold, that they came to a place, instead of them to appreciate God, and give God the quality service they should render, they went and said, ah, we can still do something here. They went and molded the golden calf and started worshipping it. This is the God that delivered us. Don't imagine that. They are now out of Egypt. But their mentality, the thing that still governs their spirituality, you see the Egyptian mentality. When we say we are not in the world again, oh, we are Christians, oh, we are communicants, good and fine. But what mentality runs your mind? How do you think? How do you respond to life? What do you crave for? What do you desire? Where do you see God? What is his position in your life? To what degree can you say that truly you've been you know, emancipated completely from the culture of this world? And that the culture of this world cannot have influence over you. Paul warned us in Romans chapter 12 from verse 2. He said, do not be conformed to the pattern of the Egyptian lifestyle. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. But let your mind be remade. You see? So we have a job in our lives as Christians to constantly flush our mind of the Egyptian mentality, the worldly, the carnal mentality, and fill ourselves with the word of God, which is the testimony of God for you and I. God has given us his word. Thus says the Lord. Okay? Jesus yesterday was talking about, truly, truly, I say to you, these are our word testimony. If God has committed his word to us, we must cherish it and must live within the ambience of that word. And allow his word, the lordship of his word, to dominate our hearts. As we go to make progress in our lengthening observances and dominating on the mysteries of Christ, do violence to yourself. Whatever will hinder you from fully being captured in the grace of this season, deal with it. Jesus himself cautioned us, even though he was speaking metaphorically, he said, if you know your hand will cause you to sin, cut it off. If you know your eyes will cause you to sin, plug it out. What he's trying to say is, display yourself, even if it needs being harsh with yourself. Do something to shake yourself out of any invisible bondage and yoke that could be weighing you down from, you know, assessing and living by the grace that God is making available, you know, towards us at this point in time. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O oh Lord. We appreciate you, Jesus. 
we ask that your grace will come to cleanse our minds and liberate us from the dead cultures of this world and fill us with the faith culture of heaven that we may have one singular purpose of knowing you, loving you, and serving in this world. That in the midst of the corruption, in the midst of all the negativities that beset us every day, we will have the designing spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit through the word of God to go to walk in the path that was then for us. May you help us never to become captors of the Egyptian government any longer or the Egyptian culture. All this we ask through Christ our Lord.